Good morning. It's good to be with you. My name is Daniel Hernandez. I'm the pastor of Mid-Cities in Espanol. They send you your love, their love. They send you hugs and kisses. And they said if you'll stop by there, they'll give you a dozen sopapillas before you go home. So uh, it's family, right? And they want spaghetti from y'all next week. So work that out. I want to speak on one thing this morning that, that I think is essential to what's going on in Mid-Cities. And that's assuming ownership. And uh, I want to accomplish three things with this message. Number one, if, if that's not anywhere in your mentality, in your life, in your radar, if that instinct, if that uh, mindset, if that way of living is not in your life, I, I want to encourage you to begin making that part of your spiritual life. Uh, if that is part of your life, but it's in a different area, your work, your education, your, your, your activities, your recreation, whatever it is, I want to help you make that transition into your spiritual life. And if you're there, you understand assuming uh, uh, ownership in your ministry, in your life, in your marriage, in your kids, but you're kind of hesitant because you're kind of, maybe fear has kind of kept you from taking more steps in walking in that. Uh, I, want, I hope this will help you to know that it's okay. And that's, I think, what God wants us to do uh, this morning with this message and and uh pastor jim lafoon when he was here he, he touched on this a little bit in his message and what i what i think his message did would basically confirm what's going on in mid-cities because there's something going on in mid-cities community church right now and it's permeating everything our youth our children our ushers our traffic uh, our our, our uh, espanol our kids everything and that we're seeing people just step forward and want to assume ownership of their ministry, want to assume ownership of their talents, want to assume ownership of their family, of their marriage, and, 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 it's, and, it's, com and it's coming out of their hearts, and, it, and it's revealed in different ways in their effort. How much effort do they put into what they want to assume ownership in, in their desire to help, in their level of commitment? And the most beautiful thing is we never ask them. All by themselves, they step up, they make that call and say, hey, I want to be more involved. I want to assume ownership of this. And that's the beautiful thing. And then what we start to see is as they begin to walk in this new mentality in their spiritual life, it covers over, it rolls over to other areas, to, to how they work. It changes how they see their workplace. It changes how they see what do we need to sacrifice, how do we need to sacrifice, when do we need to sacrifice. It affects all that. And, and so that's something that's already going on with the volunteers, with, with your body of Christ here at Mid-Cities. And like I said, it's part of, of everything. And the interesting thing is some of you already have that right now. Some of you already have that instinct in your heart right now. If you're a business owner, you understand what I'm talking about. You've already assumed ownership in that area. Because as a business owner, there's owners and there's employees. And as you as a business owner understand the unique difference there is between you and your employees. Your employee has one thing in mind, paycheck Friday at 5 o'clock, and then I'll see you later. If it burns down, I'll see you on the news. I'll be back Monday morning. And they never think about what happens with that place. They never concern themselves about that place. They may never even want to go back there until they have to go back there. But if you're an owner, it's a completely different mentality. You're the first one there, and you're the last one to leave. You try to account for every single penny that goes through that place. 
And if an employee quits or calls in sick or says he's going to be three hours late because of the ice, who takes his responsibility? The owner. Yet the owner never gripes, never moans, never says anything. He just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. Why? In hopes of making that thing success. And I think it's time that we, that God is talking to us as a church, to begin operating that in our spiritual walk with him. Now, I want to make, I want to, I want to begin by saying that really this instinct should be in all of us. Because at the, if you remember at 12 years old, what'd you tell your mama? That ain't my marijuana mama, that's my friend's, he put it in there, he made me buy it. I didn't wreck that car. That was my friend. He, told, he, let me, he wanted to go around the block, and he hit that pole. What were we doing? In essence, we weren't assuming ownership of our decisions. We were trying to blame somebody else, put the responsibility on somebody else. But that's one area that we need to assume ownership right now if we haven't, is our decisions. The Bible says in Ezra 4, it says this thing. What has happened to us is a result of our evil deeds and our great guilt and yet, our God, you have punished us less than our sins deserved and have given us a remnant like this. I am here, Ezra is saying, we are here because of our guilt, our decisions, our bad judgments. So somewhere along your life, you're going to have to assume ownership of where you are. You're at this church because of the decisions you've made. You are in this place in your marriage because of the decisions you've made. You are in this ministry because of the decisions you made. You're at this place in life. You're at this plateau or whatever it is because of the decisions you've made. You need, we need to begin assuming ownership and a decision is a good place. And I want to clarify something because I don't want anybody to misunderstand me. Is that I'm not, I'm not saying we're in a battle of owning something between us and God. I'm not saying that. Because Deuteronomy 10, 14 says this. To the Lord our God belongs the heavens, even the highest heaven, the earth, and everything in it. That includes us. We're his sons, we're his daughters, we're his servants, we're his slaves. We're, in a sense, his property. We, he, he has paid a debt for us. He paid a price for us. We, I understand that. I'm not contradicting the, the word of God. But I think there's a place where God got, wants us to step a step up and assume ownership of what he's given us. Assume ownership of our talents. Assume ownership of our ministry. Assume ownership of our children. And that just, that just changes things in our life. Because Psalms 23 says, the Lord is your shepherd. Right? Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, is he sufficient for you? Yes, he's sufficient for you. You can declare that. The Lord is my shepherd. What does that tell us about the greatness of God? He's your shepherd, but he's my shepherd too. And anything he gives me, I make it mine. I own it. And there's an example in 2 Corinthians 1.22 that says this. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. The seal of ownership has been placed on every one of us that know Jesus Christ as our Savior. Interesting thing. In the Old Testament, when a seal was put on an object or a person, it conveyed two things. One is that it conveyed the authenticity of that object or that person. Meaning that if the seal confirmed, it said, 
children of the Most High God, and we, would, we had that seal on our lives, then it would confirm that we are indeed children of the Most High God. It said, the closest thing to me as the owner, I'm sending you with this seal confirming that he is who he says he is. And the problem there is that we have that seal, we have that authority, we should have that confidence that we represent the Most High God, but yet we don't walk in that position. Why? Because it's not a mind thing, it's a heart thing of having ownership. And I, I don't want you to think, as I said, I, there's people in here that have ta wanted to take that step in faith of, of having that instinct, of having that mentality, but have kind of said, am, am I going against God? And I want to show you that that's not the case. And I think this scripture helps us understand that he seals us and he sends us. Go and make disciples. Because you're the closest thing that I have to sin to the lost. And you confirm it by me placing this seal in your life. The other thing is this. It signified authenticity. It also provided protection for the object or the person. Wherever that object was shipped, wherever that person was to go, with that seal on his life, it, 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 it communicated a certain level of protection. So what does that tell us? That tells us when God gives us gifts and talents, he's, he's sending us in his name, in his image, and we don't have to have any fear because wherever we go, wherever he sends us, where, whatever he asks us to do, there's going to be protection from him because we have his seal. Because we're on property of him. We're his property. And assuming ownership, it's not an overnight situation. Usually it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's a process. You walk in it. If you're a business owner, how many times do you hand the keys over or give authority to, you, to your most newest hire? You, you wouldn't do that. You begin focusing on that individual, on that person that says, I want to help you. I want to help you cut costs. I want to pick up the trash. I want to do, I know it's not my job description, but I want to own some of this. I don't want you to get, I'm not asking for anything. I just want you, to, I just want you to let me, to let my passion reveal and my desire to help you in doing this. And when an employer sees a heart like that in an employee, then he's going to open him some opportunities and give him some chances. That's the process. It's the same thing in the spiritual walk. 2 Corinthians says, 4, 2 says this, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Must prove faithful. So how do you get a new employee to be an assistant manager? You give him responsibilities, you give him opportunities, you give him challenges. Same thing in your spiritual walk. We begin assuming ownership. We tell God, I want to assume ownership of this ministry. I want to assume ownership of my marriage. I'm tired of my marriage the way it is. I want to assume ownership because I want it changed. And I want it to start with me. Not my wife, with me. So God starts giving us challenges. God starts giving us opportunities. God starts giving us different things to do. So we can what? Prove our faithfulness. And the more we do that, guess what? The more blessings we have from God, and then we begin walking in that assuming ownership mentality in all of our areas of our lives. And it's a process. And there'll be sidetracks, but we need to remember that it's a process that we need to do. So how does that tie into mid-cities? How does that tie into to the, to the youth, to the kids, to mid-cities in Espanol? How do we see that? 
lived out among us. Pastor Daniel has clarified the vision. Mid-cities is to make disciples. And some of you have said, disciples, that means strange people. That means crazy people. That means people that don't trust God. That means ugly people. That means people that are going to mistreat me. I don't want to be any of that. And you've walked away from assuming ownership for some reason that you can't do that. But I know that being a business owner, you're always reading, thinking, looking for new ways that will help your business. That's what God is calling us as a body. Begin being aggressive in doing what I've called you to do mid-cities. And if that's making disciples, then get the God test and go do the God test with a stranger. Now, how many of you, if you present the God test to a stranger, are going to end up shot? Dead. I don't think so. The worst is they'll tell you, you're crazy, man. You're, you're one of those Christian people. Get away from me. I don't want you. Rejection. And how many of us have never encountered rejection? We do it all the time. Are we dead? Do we go home and, in a dark room and never come out? No, it's, it's life. So don't let that stop you. The, the God test, the one-to-one -one book, the purple book, those are the tools that they've given us here at Mid-Cities to begin walking in that mentality of assuming ownership. I want to make disciples for God. I want to make that mine. I want to own that. I want to be part of this vision. That's what that means in a practical manner. And then we see Jesus' example, John 10, 18. And the whole chapter of John, in my opinion, gives an understanding of moving from a, from a hard help, what the Bible says, to a shepherd. Jesus says, the shepherd will give his life. The shepherd will, prepare, will protect his sheep. The sheep hear his voice, but the hired hand goes away when danger comes. Now, how many of you would want Pastor Daniel to be a hired hand instead of a shepherd? Being a shepherd has that mentality of assuming ownership. These are my sheep. As they are in Espanol, they're my sheep. We are Pastor Daniel's sheep. He has that mentality of these are mine, and there's nothing wrong with that. The scripture says, John 10, 18, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. This is Jesus speaking. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. I have the authority. I lay it down. I can pick it up. Nobody takes it from me. Now, if you think this kind of contradicts what his father was telling him, it's not. And that's the distinct characteristic of assuming ownership the right way compared to assuming ownership the wrong way. Assuming ownership the right way is, this is mine, but it falls in accordance with the will of God. This is mine, but it's the vision of the body that I'm in that God has given me. This is mine, but I know it's from God. But I want him to trust me with it with all his heart. Compared to the wrong way of assuming ownership. Assuming ownership in the wrong way divides, causes conflict, and just ruins the whole thing. I worked in the oil industry for 21 years and we had amicable acquisitions and we had hostile takeovers. Amicable acquisitions were where two companies agreed on something to, to combine resources, and the name of both companies became the new name. I worked for Varco. National Oil Well bought us. We, we put the name National Oil Varco. 
I used to work for Totco way back in the 80s. Baker Hughes bought, Barco bought us. They said, never mention Totco, never wear yellow and green again, or you will be fired. That was a hostile takeover. That was an example of a wrong, assuming ownership in a wrong mentality. They wanted to destroy and uh, obliterate everything Totco stood for. And in a spiritual sense, that's what happens. Is that when we walk in accordance with the will of God, when we, when we say, this is my wife, but I know God gave her to me, and he's trusted me with her, I need to assume ownership of her. These are my kids. This is my ministry. These are my talents that I want to use for the glory of God. God's, gonna, God's not going to be against that. Because we're helping him enlarge his kingdom. And if that's not our goal, then what is? What is? We walk in agreement with his will. And yet we own what he's given us. And how do we get to the right place? How do we get to that stage where we're mature enough to ask for more? Where he can trust us to pour more talents in our lives. More, th more ministry, enlarge our ministry. How do we get there? There's a scripture, and I'm just going to give it to you, 2 Peter 1.4, that speaks of one thing, it's divine nature. We are partakers of his divine nature. What does that mean? That means we get to a point where we know all the glory, all the honor goes to him. But yet, I am owning this for me. We know that our final goal is what his will is and not ours. And we're happy with that. And we never deviate from that path. That's what the divine nature is. Where the pride doesn't come in. Envy doesn't come in. Jealousy doesn't come in. We walk in that understanding and there's peace in our lives. And that's... The Bible says when we're saved, all things are passed away. The, the old is gone, and the new has come. And the new means a new heart, a new mind, a new mentality that we can own what God gives us. He doesn't give you something to take it away. He doesn't give you something to limit you. He gives you something so you can glorify his name, and he can have honor from your life. Your life, not mine, your life. That's what his desire is. So my question to you is, where is this mentality in your life? Is it nowhere to be found? Are you not, do you not own nothing? Your marriage is not yours because you put the blame on somebody else. Your children aren't yours because your neighbor raised them wrong. Your job isn't yours because you were forced to take it. Nothing is yours. Or is it just in one area, your job? You sacrifice and you give and you invest in your job each and every day. But your marriage is falling apart. Your kids don't know you. You don't have any relationships outside of your work because everything consumes. It consumes everything. Where, where, where are you? Where is the mentality in your life? Are you happy that it's there and only there? What's taking all your strength? Because we, we, we need to make the transition that it's, it's our spiritual life. We, we're doing 
all we can every single day to own what God has given us. And that may mean your job, and that means your marriage, and that means your family, but there's got to be a balance. If you own a business, and your business opens at 6 o'clock on March, 6 o'clock in the morning on March the 8th, your business is open right now, and you were probably there. Right? Because you're owner, and it matters to you. Put that mentality in your spiritual life. Because here's the thing I think. If we don't assume ownership of our spiritual life by default, it will go to our competitor. And who's our competitor? The enemy. And everything will be lost. And I just want to focus on three things that I think God has laid on my heart for this church as a, as a whole that we need to assume ownership in. And the first one is grace, his grace. The grace he gives us. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, his grace is sufficient for me. His grace. By grace we are saved. Ephesians says, by grace we are saved. He gives us that grace so we can receive salvation. It's got to become personal. It's got to become intimate. It's got to res- reside in our hearts. Romans 12, 6 says, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to each of us, let each of us is, no, is to exercise them accordingly. What does that mean? That means that God knows who you are and he's given you enough grace to sustain you as you travel to where he sends you with your authentic seal on you, with all your talents and all your giftings. And we know as Christians, everybody has talents and everybody has gifts. So that's not the question anymore. But now we have talents and gifts and we have nowhere, it's like a bride and the groom, but there's no wedding. There's nowhere to go. And God is telling us, if you assume this relationship, I will open doors for you where you can prove your faithfulness, where you can prove you have that mentality already, where you can care for my people, where you can care for those that I've entrusted you with. It's got to be my grace, my grace. The second thing is this, the kingdom of God. We've got to take ownership of the kingdom of God. And I know one of the things Pastor LaFoon said is he gave us the keys, and he does give us the keys. But, but think of this in a, in a business world. Again, do, who do you give your keys to? Who do you entrust your operation to when you're asleep or when you're gone? It's somebody that's proved faithful to you, somebody you trust, somebody maybe you love, somebody maybe you can confide in, somebody you know that's going to make decisions based on the well-being of the operation and not on his success. It's the same thing God is asking us. Are you willing to make decisions based on my kingdom, based on the vision, based on what my will is and not yours? In my kingdom, assume ownership. Matthew 21, 43 says this, Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Now this was speaking about the Jews that when Jesus came and, and they didn't receive him, but, but yet the, the, the contents is, they owned the kingdom of God. They were part of the kingdom of God. They lived in the kingdom of God. All they needed to do was accept Jesus, receive him as Christ, as Lord. And they didn't do that, so the kingdom was taken away. And given to who? To the Gentiles and to the Greeks and everybody else and to me and you. And to me and you. He's given it to us. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with the kingdom of God that's in our hands? 
the third is this peace. We have to become owners of the peace God gives us. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. My peace I give you. Take it. Hold it. Esteem it. Take care of it. Use it. Live in it. It's yours. And the thing that, that I see is, is all three things combined should encourage us as a body to step forward in where God has, has called us to. By his grace, we, we receive salvation. By his grace, receiving salvation, we're made part of the kingdom of God. By living in the kingdom of God, we can go wherever he calls us to in peace, knowing that we represent him and he's going to protect us. Now, what would keep you from living that life of ownership? What would keep you from transforming that, trans, trans, transporting that mentality from your workplace, from your business, to your spiritual life? You invest so much in your business or wherever you invest in it, your education, your, your talents, and your sports. You invest so much, but you, you never know what the reward is going to be. But if we invest that same amount of passion, of desire, of commitment into our spiritual life, we can't imagine the blessings God is going to give us. We can't. But we got to do that in faith. Grace the kingdom of God, and peace. And I just want to say one thing. It's assuming ownership, but it's assuming ownership on an individual level. I don't want to do Pastor Andrew's job. I don't want to do Danny's job. I can't. But God has given them the grace to do that job. God has given me the grace to do what I do. God has given you the grace to step out in faith and do what you need to do. It's there. And here's what God laid on my heart just now is that, you know what this is really? At the end of the day, it's, 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 it's either deciding we're going to be hot or we're going to be cold. We're going to assume ownership and walk in that in all authority and in all peace and in all confidence and in all joy. Or we're going to neglect and deny ownership because he doesn't want us lukewarm. And that's what this message is all about. You, you have to pick today. Do I assume ownership? If you haven't in anything, assume it in your spiritual life. If, it, if it's only in your, in your workplace, then take it over to your show God to ask, ask God to show you how to present it to your spiritual life, how to walk in it in your spiritual life. And to you that are fearful, let go of that fear. He's promised protection to you. Wherever you go, whoever you talk to, he's going to be there by his Holy Spirit. Let's make that decision today. God bless you.